Welcome to AASHTO Resource Q&A. We're taking time to discuss construction materials, testing, and inspection with people in the know. From exploring testing problems and solutions to laboratory best practices and quality management, we're covering topics important to you. Now, here's our host, Brian Johnson. Welcome to Ashto Resource Q&A. I am Brian Johnson. And I'm Kim Swanson. And we have another one of these fun episodes where I am going to guess the common non-conformity for a specific test method. And I'll have no clue what I'm talking about. So the guesses are going to be awesome. And then Brian's going to actually tell you what the real common non-conformities are. So I'm excited about this. Are you excited, Brian? I am. It's always a a wild ride for me going over these with you to see if you can guess any of them. Today, we are going to cover aggregate tests. And I I think your chances are pretty good for the first round here because we're going to talk about some common issues related to equipment that is used to I will say prepare and test aggregate specimens. We are just going to cover the four most common aggregate tests that are also required in ASTM C1077. Those are the aggregate wash, which is C117, that's ASTM C117, and ASHTO T11, the gradation, which is ASTM C136, ASHTO T27, fine aggregate specific gravity, which is ASTM C128 and ASHTO T84, and coarse aggregate specific gravity, which is C127 in ASTM and T85 in ASHTO. So now that Kim is just dazzled by the listing of those specifications, I know I have to kind of like prop my eyes open again. I was, I may have glossed over while you were listing all those out. So I am really optimistic about the awesomeness that my guess is going to be right now. All right, we'll get into it then. We'll wake you back up and it's time to talk about the equipment. There are two items that Mm -hmm. I'm going to cover that are the most common issues related to aggregate testing. And there is one for the bonus question that everyone thinks is a problem but is not okay and you're talking about just the equipment for all the tests that you I'm listed talking about yeah the that i didn't pay attention to tests. yeah so just okay. think of basic aggregate things I, that you would do okay. with those yeah. well can i take an easy vague answer of something with calibration Please. intervals are not met with the oh equipment? no no i'm talking about actual things are wrong items oh you don't you have to say what's wrong just name the equipment type the, the the name of the equipment something with a balance being yes wrong there are all sorts of issues with, with the balances which i didn't think was going to be very common but it was more common than i expected that is related to the capacity of the balance the readability of the balance may not be what it should be for that particular test uh the accuracy so some someone checked the accuracy of the balance and found that it was not in line with the requirements of the standard and sensitivity. So sensitivity would be if you make a, a incremental change in the, the load on the balance, will it register properly or will it register at all? Sometimes it won't because it's not sensitive enough. So those were some issues of balances. Now those were not like super common findings, but they were, there was a notable trend that I did not expect to see. Okay. 
if your laboratory is experiencing an issue with balances during it, is it just like recalibration or get the right one? Or is it like an easy fix? Yeah, all of that. I mean, if it's capacity, you have to have the right balance, right? So I, I think what what probably was going on in some of these cases is that either somebody moved the balance or a balance broke or they prepared a sample for demonstration purposes that was larger than what they normally do <laughs> and then it <laughs> screwed them up. Uh, so it, it, the capacity one is kind of a little perplexing to me because I would think that you would know what you are testing mm -hmm. uh, beforehand and, and make sure that it's large enough to accommodate the equipment. Um, but it's possible that they just don't run that test normally. And it, and these are, these are, two of them are very common. The washing gradation are extremely common, but I think sometimes people are not performing this specific gravity test. And maybe when they were asked to do it, they were kind of scrambling to figure out how they're going to do it with the equipment that they have in their laboratory. Okay. So the next, you, you said there's two more equipment ones. There's another one I'd like you to okay. guess. And, right. then I, and then, and then I had the one where people often think that this is a problem, but looking at the data, I did not find this to be as big a problem as people thought. Okay. I'm going to say something with sieving, some sieving kind of thing. You would be correct. Yeah. I, sieving apparatus. So two the, for two the, on yeah, aggregate. That's, that's great. So it's the shaker. Uh, so often there's a bad condition of the shaker. This could be, I think the most common issue with the shaker was the timer. So they have these kind of dial timers that are not very precise. Mm -hmm. And the the big issue is either it's broken or it, like completely not working, or the laboratory may think that it's set for a certain time, but it might not actually be the time that they think. So one example would be, we always set our time, our uh, shaker for 10 minutes, thinking it's going to be 10 minutes. But when the assessor's there and they time the actual shaking, it was only seven minutes. So there were all sorts of variation of that. So mm -hmm. why, why that matters is if they are trying to compare with another laboratory and they say, okay, you know, we get really consistent results at this time. And they say, okay, great. And then they do it for the same thing. They could be totally different. Um, but for general use, as long as they're checking the sufficiency of the shaker at that time and they find it to be sufficient, uh, per the standard requirements, then it, it probably doesn't matter that it wasn't the exact time that they thought. Then they have to then document somewhere that we know that the 10 minute mark is not actually 10 minutes, but seven minutes, but it is sufficient because of X, Y, and Z. Like there needs to yeah. be some trail of that. They know that's happening and that's okay. And it, it's it's funny that you should mention that because that is the that is the main issue is the lack of knowledge of that discrepancy. Mm -hmm. So it's fine if they know it and they say, hey, this is what it is, but you're going to see that it's off by this much. And as long as they know it and that everything else is right, that's OK. Mm -hmm. But if they don't know it, it could become a problem. That makes sense. OK, so now the the third question about equipment is what is the. Most common, this is the most common piece of equipment that laboratories think they need to replace when they get a low proficiency sample result, but they don't typically need to replace it. Something with the oven timer and element thermometer? No, Something? no, but the oven timer, what? 
<laughs> oven timer thermometer, thermometer or something i don't know the thing um, something in the thing i don't know no it, it was really it is also related to sieving it is the sieves themselves all right well i thought that was Sorry, incorporated I, in it so yeah. i'm gonna i mean i didn't get it but i'm still gonna say i think you may that may have been uh, unfair the way i asked that question and confusing certainly but the uh, it is said, so what what happens most commonly when somebody gets a low rating on a gradation is the first thing the laboratory thinks that they need to do, the laboratory manager is replace the sieves. Mm -hmm. uh, and that often does not solve the problem. And when I looked at the data for all the common findings related to um, ASTM C136 and AASHTO T27, the condition of the sieves was not a very common issue. Mm. I, it's not to say that it doesn't happen, especially for the 200 sieve, but it is not that common to find sieves that are out of spec uh, during an assessment. Now, this was actually, we, we did have a meeting not long ago with one of the DOTs where we were going over this very issue. Mm -hmm. And there was, there was an argument about the... Um, and this was not database. This was like based on recollection mm -hmm. of, pe of people in the room saying, well, my, my recollection is that it's often the sieves. And I'm saying, well, that may be a recollection, but when I pulled the data, it didn't really support that. So I, I think that maybe just because everybody jumps to that and thinks that that's what the issue is, is the bad sieve. Mm -hmm. um, but it's usually something they've done that wasn't correct. So it could, and it might not have anything to do with the test itself. It might be mm -hmm. something weird they did with the sample before they tested it, mm. or it might have something to do with the way they calculated the results, or it may have some, I mean, there's all sorts of things that can happen between mm -hmm. when you get that box and when you enter the results that could go wrong. So you really have to look at everything. I can definitely see the desire to blame it on the sieves. <laughs> Sure. I can re I can relate to that. Be like, yeah, it's clearly the sieves and not the fact that I did something or that my technician did something. So I can I can relate to it not wanting to be human error, but also understand that it's likely human error. Yeah, it's likely human error, and I find that that's that's generally the case most of the time in life, right? It's yes. like this thing isn't working, and then you start looking into it, and you're like, oh, that was that that was my fault. So many times I'll email our IT guy about something and then later be like, operator error, my bad. Anyway, that was equipment. I Did we cover? That was just those? equipment. We didn't even get into the test, but I separated right. that out so we don't cover it on every single test. Good. Okay. Ovens, I did not put on the list, but that did come up from time to time that ovens okay. were set at the wrong temperature. Uh, but most of the time they were okay. Uh, the, the the ovens in those tests are set at 230 Fahrenheit or 110 mm -hmm. Celsius. And those are really common temperatures mm -hmm. in an oven for drying. So so usually the labs will have those dialed in pretty well. So let's get into the test. Uh, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll start with the wash. That is uh, AASHTO T11 and ASTM C117. Uh, so in this test method, you're taking your... Um, Aggregate, put it in a bowl, wash it with water, mm -hmm. usually a spoon, uh, and then you pour the wash water through a mm -hmm. ne nested set of sieves. And you collect whatever falls on the 200 sieve, which is the bottom sieve, mm -hmm. and then you rinse it back into your sample, you dry it in the oven, and uh, then you use it for the gradation. Okay. And you figure out how much washes through that 
200 screen. Okay. All right, that's the All test. Right. So okay. here's what goes wrong. No, uh, I want to guess. I get a guess. You you get you get okay. I get, I'll one, let guess. You I get guess. one guess. I get one guess. All right. One guess one of guess. the most common thing. Okay. Is that people wash for too long. They don't follow the standard timing of it. Too long or too short. I'll cover my basis. I'm gonna there. give you partial credit for that because there is there is a an element of that okay. in okay. here. So the this has to do with the automatic washing machine. So there are uh, automatic washing mm -hmm. machines that people mm -hmm. will use. And what you're supposed to do is you're if you're going to use that, you're supposed to compare the results mm -hmm. of the automatic washing machine to manual mm -hmm. to make sure that you don't overdo it or mm -hmm. underdo it. I think overdoing it is a bigger risk on the automatic washing machine because then you have like a rock tumbler basically where you're changing the result of yeah. you know changing the result of the future gradation that you perform potentially mm -hmm. if you've got soft material especially uh so you don't you don't want to wash it too much so yes that is correct that is one of the items that we were going to so i'll give you more than partial credit that's full okay. credit for that because that is a finding okay. um, so you're on a roll so i'm going to say go ahead and take another shot of this oh okay so another common one for that test would be something with collecting the water no i don't know the collecting of like the material or like you don't get it all or something like that that's right. So uh, one of the findings is after the material in the cyst was returned to the sample container, the excess water was not decanted through the number 200 sieve to avoid loss of material. So they go through all this effort mm -hmm. and then they rinse the material back in front that was collected on the bottom sieve. Mm -hmm. They rinse it back into the bowl. And then what you're supposed to do at that point is just put it in the oven and dry it out. Mm -hmm. So what sometimes people will do is they'll say, I, I don't want to wait that long. I'm going to pour the excess water back out into the sink. It's mm. like, well, you just did, you just saved it from do it yeah. from going down the drain, so you don't want to put it back down the drain. So yeah, that's okay. they try to carefully do that and like visually make sure that no oh. aggregates have have gone in there, which you know, for a matter of practicality, they probably could do that like fairly efficiently. But I I mean, it's fast, but it's not necessarily going to be accurate. Uh, so gotcha. you don't you don't really want to do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So that's good. I'll go through the rest of them. Yes. So don't, I think you, I feel pretty confident that you could do well on this I, game, though. I'm going to say I've run out. Like, those are my two ideas that I had for, for uh, T11 and C117. So I have no other guesses. So I'm glad you're just going to say the answers. Next one is about the protective sieve that was used. So you've mm. got a 200 sieve, and then on top of it, you're supposed to have a number 16 sieve. Uh, and it can also be a number eight for Ashto. But either people don't use one at all, okay. or they use the wrong one. So they might not use any. But but that's not that that's just for protecting the 200 sieve. So that's just not so a nothing critical like issue. Yeah, you don't want like a piece of half inch aggregate falling on there and puncturing your 200 sieve because uh, the 200 you would. sieves aren't. That, need yeah. to then replace the sieve. See? That's right. And if you've got a 200 sieve with puncture holes in it, because I mean, it already has holes in it, right? Because it's a sieve. But if it's got the wrong size holes in it, which it would have if you had puncture holes, then all of a sudden you've got the wrong test result because you've got larger aggregate passing through that number 200 sieve. That's why that matters. Uh, next, 
the washing procedure was not performed by agitating the specimen in a container of water and decanting the wash water over the nest of sieves. They just took the aggregate and dumped it right on top and washed it. That is a very common finding. So wait, I'm confused. What happens there? Can you explain so that again? So they dumped instead of, so you, you wash it in a bowl and you rinse the wash water. Maybe I didn't explain this correctly. <laughs> what rinse the wash water through the nested sieves. Okay. Not dumping um, the aggregate on top. So yeah, I think I could have explained that better in the beginning. Oh, I would have uh, so totally you, gotten that if you explained it in the beginning. I would have uh, definitely gotten it if I understood it fully, for sure. Right. right. So yeah, you're you're just you're just putting the water through it, and, okay. and sure, some pieces are going to float into the screens, mm -hmm. um, but you don't just dump the aggregate on top of it. Okay. That's a different test, but for for this one, you just put the water through it. Okay. That is it for. Ashto T11 and ASTM C117. What is our next test or procedure? All right, next one. So we take it from the wash and we go to the gradation. So that that we're going to follow our specimen out of the oven. So I like it went it. in the oven, it dried out, and we take it out of the oven and we let it come to room temperature. Mm -hmm. And then we put it in a nest of sieves. Mm -hmm. And then into our sieve shaker, which we already talked about having mm -hmm. potential issues. Mm -hmm. uh, once it comes out of there, you weigh each incremental uh -huh. amount of material and you write it down and you figure mm -hmm. out what your percentage mm -hmm. uh, passing or retained is, depending on what you're trying to do uh, for each one. And mm -hmm. you also check to see that you didn't lose material in the process so that, mm -hmm. that what went in should come out. Okay. Right? Yeah. Theoretically. Yes. Now, now what happens sometimes, and you, no one's going to just know that this happens, but sometimes what happens is um, people will uh, not realize that they didn't do a great job cleaning their sieves, or you might have really angular material that clogs some of the screens at the end. So you actually could come out with more than went in, uh, even though you're not creating matter. Uh, you could have stuff that was left over that that then comes out because you did such a great job cleaning the screens this time uh, that you did not do the previous time or the other technician didn't yes. do yes. as well as you do when cleaning it out. So that's why when I said it should be the same going in and out, mm -hmm. sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. It has to be within a certain amount, though, a, a certain okay. percentage of what went mm -hmm. in uh, to be so, a legitimate test result. Yeah, but so for that... If you get more, yeah, it's just wrong automatically. But if you get a little bit less, there's a wiggle room, or is it the wiggle room plus or minus, or is it the there is wiggle minus? room either way? Okay, I don't like that, but okay. I mean, I don't have no. <laughs> I have no say of it. I don't it love the idea of that, but okay, does it? it does not. I don't like the no, wiggle room, but it, I mean, it, it it gives you no confidence on the last result as well, right? All right, well, good times there. <laughs> on that okay so i think i may have given out too many hints there you of something have. that could go wrong uh -huh. but I, I i wanted to make sure i explained why that it was possible to get more than went in so i'm gonna say that's probably a common it's a common finding is that the weight of the material is out of tolerance like it the, is it is so it it has to be within 0.3 percent okay. of the original dry specimen Mm -hmm. uh, when you add everything up and if it's not, then it's not valid. So that happens quite a bit in these demonstrations. Mm -hmm. And I was, I, I didn't look at the 
at every single result to see like what the worst was because mm-hmm. um, I figured there was probably one that was just totally out of control. Yeah. Um, and there probably was, but I didn't see anything too outlandish when I was scanning through there. Okay. But that is certainly an issue. Anything else you think might have gone wrong? I think a, you kind of mentioned like a big. No, that's not it. I got nothing. I got nothing else. I think the odds of you picking some of these without knowing the standards would be very difficult. So so I'll tell you one thing oh. that goes wrong. I, oh, okay. go ahead. No, I had an idea. Like I will say someone does something out of order. Like maybe is that a common finding that they miss that a step? That is not a a common finding. <laughs> that is not. I think that would be that physically happen. difficult to do something out of order on this one. Okay. Again, I've never seen this test run, so I'm just going off of your explanation in the knowledge I had coming into this, which was very very minuscule. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to run through this real okay. quickly. It's not. There's. This is not too complicated, but without knowing the tests, you wouldn't know. So number one. Uh, total passing 200 didn't include the amount washing uh, that lost mm-hmm. during wash. So, like, if you're looking at the the total mass starting at the original dry uh, mm-hmm. mass before washing, you'd want to factor in anything that was lost in the wash at, at, as passing the 200 screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the 200 screen is going to be at the bottom of your sieve analysis mm-hmm. at the, in this example. So, you'd want to take the, what's in the pan at the end and add the amount lost in the wash to that to mm-hmm. get your total um, minus 200 material. Next, there are issues with sieving sufficiency. So I talked about the shakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one way to make sure that your shaker is working properly is you perform a one-minute hand sieve. On, you don't have to do this during every test. This is something you do periodically. Uh, so you, you, you take that stack and you go through each one you take out. Uh, you put it, if it's not already an eight-inch diameter screen or sieve, you would put it in an eight-inch diameter sieve, and you would rotate it and tap it with your hand, like rotate, rotate, mm-hmm. rotate, tap, 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 tap. And then you would weigh what came out. And for Ashto, it has to be no more than what a half percent of the total mass passing. Mm-hmm. And then it's okay. But for ASTM, it's no more than 1% of the mass retained on that sieve. Uh, during the one minute handshake. So they have slightly different requirements, which is mm-hmm. not great. I wish it was the same, but it gives you an indication of how well your your sieve shaker is working at that time. That's how you set your time, by the way. Mm, okay. uh, so back to that timer issue. If my timer says 10 minutes and I've determined that on all of my screens, this passes, it, and it, I may be satisfied with that, right? Mm-hmm. As long as it is... I know what that time is. So even if it's seven minutes, eight minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is, as long as I figure out what that time is and I know that it passes. But it what what can happen on some of these mechanical shakers is you might find, and this people make this mistake sometimes where they'll say, I don't really want to do that. I don't I don't really don't want to take the time to to check the sieving sufficiency for the whole stack. So I'm just gonna pick one screen in the middle. Well, that's not great if it's doing a really bad job at the bottom and the top, which some shakers do. And sometimes even the ones that perform pretty well, they have uh, equipment malfunctions where they have the there's this one common one that has paddles in it mm-hmm. and it kind of like wax it on the mm-hmm. side. And if there's something that has gone wrong with the shaker and that paddle is not functioning, it's not going to do as well on that screen. 
Um, so that's a good one. You can't see inside these shakers. So if you check your sieving sufficiency, that may give you an idea of whether it passed or not. Uh, so that the issue that that is caught during the assessments is our assessor will do this check and it will fail. Mm. So that that tells them that it was not done properly or maybe something has changed from when they did it to to that point in time. Uh, but anyway, it's a good I, I think it's a helpful finding for people to say, OK, I need to redo this. Um, but don't argue with the assessor that you only need to do one sieve because that's not going to work for you. Oh, another thing is overloading the sieve. So sometimes, mm-hmm. especially on the eight-inch sieves, that's not a lot of sieving area for a lot of material. So if you have more than, I think it's like 194 grams, so it's close to 200 grams retained on that screen, it's overloaded. And what you would need to do is you need to split that out and run twice or however many times you need to to get the appropriate amount on that sieve so that you get a good analysis last is reporting there are some reporting issues Mm. that come up so one of them is that if the material has or if your specimen has less than 10 percent retained on the 200 screen you have to report your passing 200 to the nearest 0.1 percent and sometimes people won't do that so they'll report everything to one percent but if it has a smaller than 10% amount, then they have to go to the nearest 0.1%. And then some of them just didn't even report the passing 200 at all. And that's probably just just whatever their spec is. Yeah. Or would it be just, they didn't, nothing passed. So it's zero or is that number the case? I don't know if that's, uh, it seems like there's always something in there. Um, So I'd be surprised if somebody did find that nothing was, unless it was like a known gradation like mm-hmm. if it was a stockpile of everything is the same size and the only thing that comes, I guess even then you probably have some dust fall out, like just from the yeah. abrasion. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's possible or not. So well, anyway, that's it. Oh, okay. Those are, that was the gradation tests. That was a gradation. Okay. I think this is a good place to stop. I want to save our listeners from having to listen to an hour long episode. So we're going to break up the common aggregate findings into two episodes. So. Next time, we're going to talk about the remaining of this. But for now, the Asha Resource Technical Exchange, it is coming up in March. It'll be in Boston, Massachusetts. So the 2024 Ashto Resource Technical Exchange, March 18th through the 21st in Boston, Massachusetts. Go over to ashtoresource.org slash events for more information. Thanks for listening to Ashto Resource Q&A. If you'd like to be a guest or just submit a question, send us an email at podcast at ashtoresource.org or call Brian at 240-436-4820. For other news and related content, check out Ashto Resource's social media accounts or go to ashtoresource.org. <laughs>